What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a lot of episode of This Might Not Go Well with your boy, B Breezy, a.k.a. Poppy Sazon. Yes, sir. It's your boy, Slick Grayson, a.k.a. Law. And I'm still drunk. <laughs> That's how we started it off. I'm just letting the people know how it's about you know, to go what, down. What, what we sipping on real quick? Give them a little bit. What we sipping on? I, I think this is apple cider punch, but it has like E&J and something else. It's a couple of th- uh, crown apple in here. It's a lot of dark liquor. So, and you know, mama, forgive me for I might say something wild tonight. And then, you know, your boy out here sipping on a little coquito. It's that time of the year this year. You feel me? Shout out to all my Dominicans and Puerto Ricans out there in the Heights and whatever. Um, we got a good show for you today, you know. Episode seven. Let me get my let me get my let me get my little hand rub out here. Let's get it. Why your hands always sound so ashy when you do that? Because they, they gotta feel the struggle. Uh, <laughs> this is an everyday struggle. I feel you. Go on now. So we got a lot of topics here for you today, and we gonna we gonna start it off, you know. But first, we gotta do a little check in. How you doing, my brother? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Uh, you know, for those of you that are not in New York. The world has stopped again. We're getting record amounts of cases and the Rona has shut down the school system. So I am working from my pajamas, which is interesting. But other than that, I'm chilling, man. I'm just trying to get my mind right. Got a couple projects trying to knock out in the next month, two months before they send us back. So I'm good. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing all right, man. You know, just going through the motions, you know, just... This this Rona stuff is hitting crazy though. You feel me? Now everything's about to shut down. They putting the curfew on us. Got to go back into hiding, you know. But it's perfect time though, because you know it's holidays. Is the weather's starting to get cold? So I think it would be more easy to adjust than when we had to do the whole shutdown in March. You feel me? Hundred percent. I think what's scary though at this point is that if you look at the data. Like the Rona is kicking our ass like three times as as like more viciously than it did when it first popped up. If you look like I think like daily cases in the country reported in March for like 40,000. Just yesterday we had over 180,000 cases reported. That's not to mention the people that are just walking around with it that aren't sure what's going on, if they're asymptomatic or whatnot. And I'm not even surprised because y'all was out here coming back from Tulum, Aruba, Cabo, catching that Rona, spreading it around, going to all these foreign places and coming back to this country and going and exposing to your family. I ain't surprised. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to put that on the government just because I like putting stuff on the government. But, you know, we were led to believe that outside was OK. It was like, OK, you guys can go outside in small groups and, you know, but businesses were open and it's like if I roll with 10 people and then you bring 10 people and we all in the same spot, like who's going to stop us? You feel oh, me? Yeah, that's true. I think it created uh, unrealistic expectations. I and, think, you know, yeah. like it's it's just unfortunate that we, you know, we got comfortable. We was like, oh, we can live with this. It just means you got to wear a mask. When you go to certain venues, you take the mask off and you can party like it's 2019. And then <laughs> it's just like, oh, all right, once I go back outside, it is and, what it is. And I agree because... Due to the former president, I mean, he's still he's still the president until so Jan- January, January twentieth. I, I want to yeah. say he didn't set a good example with the country of especially wearing a mask and mandating it, and just states was not even together. Because I tell you right now, Georgia, Georgia was not having it from the get go. To now, one of my homegirls went to Georgia. She said that yo, they're not even checking temperatures. They don't even require you to wear masks to certain places like. It's, it's, it's Rona City out there, so. Oh, damn. I ain't never been to Atlanta, and the way it's looking, I'm never going. And you know what's, you know what's crazy? 
they don't they're not even reporting their numbers because their numbers right now look low. But if you was a person in Atlanta, you know that road is hitting hard down there, bro. New York wasn't even properly reporting their numbers. How do we as a city and as a state have inconsistent numbers between us? So, I mean, somebody's lying. Or like I said, y'all know me. I'll be working with the schools and whatnot. But there's no way you're going to tell me that we're having an average of like 40,000 cases just in New York alone. But the the percentage was like two point something. They, they, they tried to fugazi us last week, bro. Yeah. They said, oh, yeah, we're about to shut everything down. But then over the weekend, miraculously... There was enough COVID cases not reported that we can lower the 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 rolling average. I'm like, you mean to tell me motherfuckers was not going out on Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, <laughs> yep. cat lies. Stop so, the cat. A hundred percent. So real talk. And then now and now, yo, funny thing. Now anytime I go anywhere in the city now, yo, the city MD lined up in them long Manhattan blocks, wilding. I'm like, yo, the line for the city MD. Now you gotta really call and schedule an appointment. Like I'm hearing people have to call in the morning and get an appointment time around three or four for them just to get seen. It's scary. And you think about the insurance industry, the healthcare industry as a whole, we were not adequately prepared for any type of pandemic. So now it's like our resources are stretched thin. So I I don't know, man. I'm I'm not going front. I started getting comfortable going outside like around end of September. October-ish But I think I'm back In the cribbo For a little while Oh that's a fact Man you was just outside Like yesterday Shut don't up Don't do that Don't do that don't Shut do up that. I'm, I'm inside Poppy right now You feel me Getting my system set up PS5 You it, feel me You got one finally Hopefully That, 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 that means no <laughs> Yo cause Walmart Once again I know we talked about This last episode Walmart hold me out You know what We I'm on the F Walmart Handbagging <laughs> right now you feel me? But let's talk let's talk about Trump not conceding and still wanting a recount. What's I mean, your thoughts on this? I think there was a Hillary Clinton clip that was circulating this week, basically where she called out Trump's behavior about how anytime he loses, he mm-hmm. he goes on the offensive and tries to say that this is rigged, there's fraud, they're, they're against me. Kind of like, you know, just playing, trying to play, uh, uh, cater to the, the mindset that, yo, I'm being cheated. There's no way I can lose. He doesn't, he, he's not built to lose. So I think this is just, again, traditional Trump, like thinking and uh, strategy. Like, oh, wait, hold on. I think I might have the clip right here. You got the clip? Roll that for the people okay. one time. He said every time Donald thinks things are not going in his direction. He claims whatever it is is rigged against him. He lost the Iowa caucus. He lost the Wisconsin primary. He said the Republican primary was rigged against him. Then Trump University gets sued for fraud and racketeering. He claims the court system and the federal judge is rigged against him. There was even a time when he didn't get an Emmy for his TV program three years in a row, and he started tweeting that the Emmys were rigged against Should have gotten it. This, this is a mindset. This is, this is how Donald thinks. And it's funny, but it's also really troubling. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hillary Clinton was giving it to me. I still don't understand how she didn't win, but she won the popular vote. But good what you thought about East that clip, though? College. I mean, like, yo, that's, but that's the fact. Every, every time Trump's back is against the wall, 
it's always it's never an acceptance of defeat or you know a reflection of what he could have done better it's always well there's no way i lost so they're cheating me and that's again like she said it's troubling it's scary now i just saw uh the biden harris campaign putting out the uh they're asking for donations to help fund his transition which i don't think has happened in recent history, it definitely hasn't happened. But oh, yeah, I, I can't. I don't even think in the course of American, the American presidency, we've ever seen that happen before. So it's going to be weird. I know we have about two months left in the Trump administration until the inauguration for Joe Biden, who just had a birthday. So oh happy, yeah, happy belated! From your uncle Biden. Yeah, my, he still ain't my uncle, but yeah, Joe, happy belated birthday, oldest president elect ever. But yeah, man, it, it's scary because he's not trying to. He's basically he's halting progress. And I think he's doing it because I did read a report earlier that there's like one of the New York courts, one of somebody one of the New York courts um actually has like I think it's like forty one or sixty one complaint criminal complaints about Donald Trump. So like the moment he's not president is probably oh they on his ass yeah bro it's like <laughs> it's like they just got like a manila folder full of different offenses that he's like guilty of and they're just gonna hit him with it and that's just New York is who knows what other states have. Oh damn, and I, I can understand, but you know, I also think he's not conceding just to make sure the Joe Biden um, administration starts off on a bad foot, so they can because already public opinion is out on Joe Biden from the supporters and his opposers. So once they see that he's not even getting the ball rolling during his like first three months, because that's like what we usually judge presidents of their first three months, if I'm uh, if I'm correct. That's one hundred percent. You want to see what happens in those first ninety days? Yep. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I think um, it definitely is setting him off on the wrong foot. I think this is eerily similar to the um, Obama administration when they first came in, just in the fact that, you know, a president is taking over during one of the most more tumultuous times in modern mm. American history. So I, he does have his work cut out from. I do want to shout him out, though. Like I said, he's not my uncle yet. But he did. He was talking that talk about some student loans earlier in the week. I believe right now it's just like public institutions, so like SUNY, uh, things of that nature. If you're from New York, but I hope he's looking out for those private institutions as well. Oh yeah, definitely. those private loans. I, Shorty got some, and I was like, "Ooh, you got to take care of those before I put a ring on it." No lie, <laughs> no cap. Facts, because like, yo, one year at one of those private colleges, or like two That's years at a at a SUNY in New York, which. I'm about to say I'm pretty sure the, the student loan debt That I've incurred Definitely is a quarter Of what she has So Sheesh. I'm just saying she Like work forever then Yeah I hope that They're looking at ways To assist those that Attended private universities And institutions But I did appreciate that Before he's even taking office He's already putting pressure On Congress to pass a bill To forgive student loan debt Now I think it's what Like 20,000 Or 50,000 It's something mm-hmm. We're on that ballpark. Yeah, it's in that range. So I think that that there's a, this will be amazing. Just seeing, imagine how much money people who have been paying their loans have been able to save during the pandemic, right? We haven't been paying student loans since March. They're supposed to come back next month. I mean, um, January. But let's see what happens, man. I appreciate him, you know, practicing what he was preaching while he got a lot of our votes. Oh, yeah, because your boy need help with that. So, I mean... I'm I'm hoping that Trump finally gives up and let Biden does his thing because right now we need structure with this virus kicking up again. We going what the second or third wave now? This is yes, this is like wave two point five. I think we've had like ebbs and flows, but this is is like I said, it's getting scary because we at no point during Corona's I guess inception have we seen numbers like this on any scale. Mm-hmm. Europe shut down a couple weeks back. I think. 
unfortunately, the U.S. is in route in line with that kind of platform. We're gonna have to shut down for I say six weeks. Yo, real talk. Put on a mask. If you don't have to be outside, stay inside. Like if it's not for work purposes or groceries and stuff like that, like the turnip will be there. It's cold. It's not going to be like regular parties and whatnot, or at least there shouldn't be. If you want to meet with a couple of your closest friends, like do what you got to do, but make sure you just do it safely. And keep the hand sanitizer in your pocket. I always carry that. I carry that like it's my ID. Say so bump that, wash your hands too. Oh, that's a fact. You ain't nasty. Yeah. Make sure you wash your hands front and back 30 seconds to a minute, please. All right, so, you know, one of the big things that happened this week was this versus battle, you know, Gucci, Gucci Man versus Young Jeezy, you feel me? Burr, Snoop, but this one was, uh, this one had a lot of history to it compared to the other ones. What was your thoughts on it? It's funny because, like, I remember last week, I was like, I'm probably not going to watch it, and I didn't watch it in its entirety. So don't don't kill me for that. But I'm I, like I admit it. I'm not the biggest Gucci fan. I'm not the biggest Jeezy. Was happy when Gucci got out. He turned his life around. I you, love. You was you was in support of Clone Gucci. Nah 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 <laughs> nah. I know zero parts of Clone Gucci. Shout out to Jeezy too. Jeezy's come a long way from being a street rapper to like he said. I remember at one point they was talking and uh, Gucci was like, "Yeah, I got five million on." He's like, "Yeah, but you don't got five million in real estate." Oh, that's a fact. So I, I, I definitely it was cool seeing them up there. Like I've heard some of the records. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, I knew they both had twenty joints, but I didn't know that Gucci was going to go into his trap Gucci bag like mixtape Gucci. And the, um, in my opinion, this versus battle went exactly what I thought it was going to happen. Popularity-wise, Jeezy was going to win. All the trap, all the trap hood dudes was going to go for Gucci, which was understandable because, you know, Gucci has hits, but it's not on a level as he got a, He doesn't have a soul survivor in the tuck. I don't know. Freaky girl could go against Soul Survivor. Oh, though. man, it's two different She's energies. a very freaky girl. I don't know. He didn't even play that he last play night. It. And I'm like, yo, you know how many cappers would have went crazy if you played Freaky Girl out there? Shout out to the D9. Come on now. I already knew the cappers was wetting their shoulders up for that. You feel me? I got some, some oil on there. <laughs> it's been a while since they've been able to go outside and hit But he that. did play I'm a Dog, so I already know all, all the cues out there was going crazy for I'm a Dog, you know, but... <laughs> but, you know, I, it was it was expected. I, I expected Jeezy to win. But let's talk about the tension in the room, though, because... I mean, you got to give the backstory before you even go to the tension. Oh, like, why is wait. there tension between them? Oh, so I got to give the whole hood history. So, I don't know if anybody noticed, but Young Jeezy and Gucci Man was cool back in the day. That's how... They, so icy. Yep, and they made So Icy. So I say... And then apparently after that they had some exchange amongst each other, and then allegedly, allegedly the, is the key word. Allegedly, Gucci suspect that Young Jeezy sent three over three men over there to rob and kill him, but Gucci wasn't going for it, and he ended up shooting one of them and killing one of them. And then, then over the years, for fifteen years, they've been beefing nonstop until recently. So that's why it was so, I mean, one one thing I want to say, this was great for hip hop and great for what time we are in right now, especially all these young rappers dying off of beefs and all that to see, because this is something, this, the level beef that Jeezy and Gucci Mane had was on a beef of Ja Rule and 50 Cent. Like literally, physically, they their crews got into it. People who was affiliated with them had beef with the other side. So this was a proud moment in hip hop that they was able to be in the same room. Like 
prior to this, you could never, you would never imagine Gucci and Young Jeezy being in the same room together. What you think? I mean, I think it's not just a, a a music issue. It's like a black man issue, and it's like that whole element of like being the bigger man trying to forgive. Because even when you hear it off the top of your head, oh, you 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 killed my man's. Why am I trying to do business? I'm putting money in your pocket. Why would I do that? Mm-hmm. It's really skeptical. I think even me from the outside looking in, even knowing that they've had beef, it was like, yo, what's the purpose of this? Like, why would you do that? But then you have to remember 15 years, like they both had a chance to grow and change. I think Jeezy's matured a lot over the years. I think Gucci, especially after coming out of jail a couple of years back, has kind of had to take a new look on lease on life. So I thought it was, it was dope that they went up there and did it. But I was very, very... Interested in seeing like what exactly they would play and how they would go about it. Yeah, so I so right now we're gonna play the clip after Gucci plays Truth. And if you don't know, Truth is a record of dissing Jeezy and talking about the night of when his the three alleged robbers was going to try to rob Gucci. So let's play. Like my nigga, I did it as a damn broke the internet. I tell you what, put that nigga ass in the dirt. I tell you what, smoking on Pukelo tonight. I tell you what, I tell you what, this is how we gonna do this. Send some more, I'm gonna send them the same way. In a box back to you. Are you doing Free kill. Free kill. I tell you what, though. See, when I even call you and instead of this invite, my nigga, I did it as a real man. It's been 20 motherfucking years. 15 years. Okay, well, how many? You still talking the same shit. You feel me? Still talking the same shit. Hey man, so you gotta on, take me talk. Listen, let me talk, listen, my listen. nigga. Let me talk. Listen, listen. Let me talk. I don't nigga. wanna talk. I'm, I'm through let talking. It's talk, your turn nigga. to do the song. That's what right. That's do? right. That's right. Are we gonna do some musical? I'll tell you shit? what. I tell you what, my nigga. I tell you what. It go like this. When I extended the invitation, I did it as a real man. You feel me? Because I, I said, told I, you straight out the dribble. I told you out the dribble, nigga. We can't do nothing if it ain't street. If I can't perform okay, the truth, we can't good. do it. It's all it's good. Okay. But let hey, me man. say my piece. Let me say my piece. Take off. Let me say my piece. It's like this, bro. I stood in my hand because I'm a real man. And the shit we came from in the street, dog. You see that we've been through it, dog. Twenty years. Twenty years. And when I said I wanted to do this shit for the culture. That's what I wanted to do, nigga. I brought you here to show you the world care about what the fuck we got going on because we are the culture. You feel me? Me and you. Where we came from. What we been through, nigga. Us. Me and you. All these kids out here doing what the fuck they do because they saw what went on with us, dog. So this shit ain't about me. This shit ain't about you. You feel what I'm saying? This shit about King Von. This shit about Dope B. This shit about Nipsey Hustle. This shit about motherfucking Pop Smoke. M3. And I'm real enough to do that, nigga, because one thing about it, two... So, yeah. First of all, R.I.P. to Pop Smoke. R.I.P. to King Von. R.I.P. to M3. All the young black men, black kings that lost their lives way too soon, especially in that music and just getting a taste of that success. But I know a lot of people was complimenting Gucci for keeping that same energy, but... I'm with Jeezy on this part, man. There's been a lot of people that have died behind this stuff about hip hop. Even behind their beef, there's a lot of people that's been into it with each other. And they still here. Why are y'all still beefing after 15 years? I mean, I think in the streets, there's not a lot of forgiveness. You don't really see a lot of street dudes that, you know, 
come up and it's like, yo, they extend that olive branch. So I think that that's really unique in this situation. Like Jeezy had a chance to step back and say, you know what, whatever allegedly happened, like, yo, whatever him and T.I. didn't do the drinks, like, yo, let's do it with Gucci. Because that's a moment for his city. It's a major moment for that city. That is like on some, and probably in Atlanta, I might, let me know if I'm overstepping, but it might be on some Biggie and Pac type moves like that. In terms, oh, yeah. In terms of like their impact, like those are trap gods. Like they helped usher in like modern trap music. Oh, yeah. And then to be honest with you, all these Atlanta rappers are Gucci sons. If you was a Atlanta rapper that have blown up in these last 15 years, a part of you have Gucci in it. So this was a big part, and this was... But I do understand where Gucci is coming from, where keeping that same energy in the sense of you sent someone to... Allegedly, you sent someone to kill me, and almost I was almost not here. So I understand why he would keep the same energy, at least for the, the dead person that was mentioned. And, but and I was to cut you up, but Gucci was with even after he played the record and Jeezy tried to like you know drop that knowledge like yo we we got to grow past Gucci was still on something like yo I told you what I was going to play I wasn't doing this since I could play this record and now we you either going to play his song or it's going to be what it's about to be so Gucci was still with that energy because he didn't know how it was about to come and I think like from like just reading around and just like on the timeline and whatnot it was alluded to that Gucci was the one that was hurt and dealing with this like for the longest time like, he never got a chance to really move on from this so I think him and Jeezy might have been cool prior to whatever started they beef oh yeah they was cool they made music together and everything and I think he was part of the up and coming story but it's I, I, it's hard it's hard cause as, as as black men we don't usually see us resolve issues correctly bro I didn't learn how to forgive till probably like six months ago so I definitely understand that and then you add that street layer to it where it's just like doggy dog I gotta survive like you taking from me it's taking from my kids and my family like I'm I'm gonna hate you for life like you have to add context to it so to see them to be able to move forward from that is actually a beautiful thing but then you also get like the not to say the funny but but you also get to see like yo it could it could still go down. Like Jeezy oh, yeah. let and and um Gucci let it be known. It could still go down. I was interested to see how Jeezy was going to maneuver, especially he said, "Yo, we smoking on Pooty Loke tonight." Like word, like <laughs> on, in front of two million people. <laughs> I'm like, come on, now. that's a different level of calm. Like he re, he was on his Omarion type calm. <laughs> and then you saw how Gucci man was moving afterwards. He had armor guards next to his vehicle. While moving, because they did they did a after, after party, party at the compound. At compound can't so, never go there because the the Rona. Yeah, even though Atlanta doesn't care, but uh, so I, even the way Gucci was moving, it was just kind of like, damn, like our stars have to move that way and this way because of some street shit. And and speaking of, and then you know, even though they've done great in their careers separately, but I'm just thinking like, yo, if they was able to squash this beef 15 years ago, how big of an impact those two could have together while ushering a new age in? And I'm just saying like, yo, now is the time just to, especially now with the Rona, people's dying left and right. All these young artists are passing away. Due to many different circumstances, it's time. It's time for us to practice forgiveness as as a people. I'm mostly speaking for black folks. You know, other race y'all can forgive too, but 
I, as a black man, I'm only going to speak about my people in the sense of what I've seen. And forgiveness is very hard for us. And I don't understand why. I, uh, I don't know. I think this is just, I don't want to go another rant like I did last week when you asked me about courting. But I think the DNA of a black person is that we look to be disappointed, right? Yeah. So we detach ourselves a lot, which is why we don't take a lot of stuff seriously. But when we believe in something or someone and we put our we put our all into it and it doesn't go the way that we expected or, you know, something that we ask not to happen happens. It's like debilitating. Like, it's just like you can't function. So you can't really forget because you don't even you can't even process how you feel. Mm-hmm. And you, you never forget too. You don't forget it, and that's the thing. Like that age-old adage about forgiving but not forgetting. Like they go hand in hand. Like I can to forgive you, I kind of have to let go of what happened. I can remember it, but when I really say I forgive you, but I don't forget what happened. Like that means those feelings could stir up at any moment. We could be chilling, doing whatever. Like I see you out, it's like oh we was we squashed B, but then somebody referenced something or something popped off. I'm like dang bro, like yo you was really on some fuck shit. Yeah. And then you say, again, add that street layer to it or that survival layer to it. It's like, yo, even though the situation might not call for it, a lot of times it might be you and me. Yeah, I'm never, never going to let it not, I'm never going to let it be me. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather get you out of the way to, for my for my clear mind. Because now if I have, if I know that me and you are into it beef-wise, I can't sleep comfortably. I can't move around comfortably knowing that there's somebody there that want to do harm to me. So I, I, I can see why we want to... Be tend to forget, especially on the street side. But hey, especially I'm from the same city, from the same hood. I know. I think. Um, no, I'm just saying. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just. It's like you're from the same city, same hood, same state. Like somewhere where it's like I'm gonna see you. And a lot of times, somehow, some way, whoever you got beef with, most times it's somebody you gonna Fate see. Got it a weird way that you meet them. So it's kind of like it's hard. And I'm like, yo, we have so much things against us in America. We have the government. White folks, police, police, offset voice. You the police policies, you know, just meant to keep us down. But we each each other, we keeping ourselves down. That's a that's a big factor for us. I I hundred percent with you. I just feel like I don't want to like. Oh, can you even call this victim blaming? I don't want a victim blame of like the uh, vic deflect. I feel like this is. Like this was this was in the stars. You think about us as a people. We were brought here against our will. Mm. We were put to work. Our separated from our families. You know, treated as property. Treated as less than a person. Oh yeah. Uh, when given our freedom, we weren't able to you know buy land or find good jobs or support ourselves. We were forced you know, to breed. Forced to breed. We were we were redlined. We couldn't live where we wanted to live. Work where we wanted to work. Uh, acquire what we were supposed to acquire. And then you introduce, you know, drugs and, uh, you know, you corrupt the, the original gangs that turn into this this mm-hmm. deviation that we have today. So propaganda from it, from the government, the outside sport, the way super predators. I'm about to say the media portraying us like animals, you know, that 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 um that like animalistic idea has permeated in the black community since we were brought here 400, 500 years ago. And then it's like. I just want to survive, dog. I'm just trying to put food on the table for my family. But, you know, somebody else is getting a little bit of money. I'm trying to get what you get. And it's like, oh, I, you can't eat when I eat. It's, there's never been like an uplifting moment where it's lasted long enough for everybody to kind of just equal the playing field. 
It's never. Yeah, happened. and then also I just realized it's it's hard for us to share game with each other, as because for some reason it's a crab in a barrel mentality of not seeing another person be greater than us. Because I've seen from other cultures and other races, especially I would say for Jewish people, Jewish people break bread with each other. If you know the history of New York, or back in the early 1900s. Jewish people will bring their family members in, work, and continue bringing their family members from from wherever they got, wherever their family originated from, continue bringing them into their area, and they all will give them responsibilities. Either the woman will take care of the household and the kids while the men work, but they will also send money back and keep bringing people back in and start giving them opportunities. And now you can see how the fruit, the... The fruits of their labor is now, if, especially if you're in New York and you see that Jewish people have their own town within the boroughs. Every borough. <laughs> they got their own market, their own hospitals, their own stuff. They got their own government because they definitely don't follow oh, the regular laws. Because they was breaking chains for the parks and stuff to let. Spitting on police without a gun in their face. Burning, burning. But that, that's neither here nor yeah, there. Neither but it's like. Shout out to y'all though for, for doing that. But uh, I ain't, I ain't going to do that. Cause, I, I'm, uh, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying shout out to them for, for elevating themselves. Oh yeah, to do, the point do, where they feel yeah, like that's they. What I'm, that's what I'm they're, they, they're able to mobilize as one unit, which allows a lot of, like the comments that commentary that we make about oh, they Wilder is they. I guess, for lack of better words, earned the right to do so because they have put themselves in a position to do that. I think just, like, for black people, like, I was thinking, we said in pre-production earlier, just chatting, talking about different topics, and it's like, you just think about the black community. I think unity is far and away because we've already been divided for so long. And it's like, it's like I don't know, was it a Tyler Perry movie or well, somebody said it in something I watched years ago and it always stuck with me. It's like, it takes twice as long to get over something that hurt you. We was, oh, in, yeah. we was in pain for 400 years and we've been told to get over it. We've been told it's not that, we've been told- It's not that serious. Yeah, we're, we're sorry, now move on. Oh, we're, we're, we're not our ancestors. Yeah, but you say you, my people have been hurting for 400 years. I'm gonna get over it in 20? And I'm and, saying 20 because even going into the year 2000, it wasn't sweet and it's still not sweet today. So you're yeah. going to say, we, we, we what, 800 years away from being able to elevate ourselves as a people? And that's unfair. But you know what? I, w- I will give us a, a olive branch in the sense of we are still fighting those same things that we fight from before. They never had left us alone. Speaking especially from government-wise from policy because I know a lot of... Um, other races think that, oh, our plight ended in 1964 after the civil rights. People think our, our plight ended after the Civil War. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would say at least more modern people who would sit here and say, yo, after 1964, after we got the rights and everything, oh, y'all good now. Y'all basically the same as us. But they don't realize that government and FBI have done missions to infiltrate the black community, infiltrate the black community, put drugs in there. Um, the, the media with Ronald Reagan in the 1980s to the nineties, the war on drugs, Ronald yep. Reagan, eat a dick. And then Clinton with the, with the launch of more prisons and so, leading to more super predators. <laughs> and even to, even in New York with the uh, stop and frisk, like all that contributes and stop us from, and that's not that's that's me even touching the tip of the iceberg of what they have done with policy wise. Now it has been co- you know 
covert racism. But now that Trump came for the last four years, they've been bold and they've been able to do their racism more publicly like they did before. But I'll give I'll give ourselves a our branch for that sake that we would we would never left alone enough to heal and to uplift ourselves the proper way because they continue to mess with us. That's facts, man. But I think Seeing Jeezy and like trying to tie it all together, seeing Jeezy and, and Gucci come together for that moment, even like I said, Gucci was like they said on Twitter, Gucci was big bully. Gucci was with all oh, this yeah. hope. I'm gonna see what it, what reaction I can get out of you. Cause cause the first cause cause if you did watch it, the first round was not even a hit from Gucci. It was just a diss song that Gucci had that he wrote literally a couple of days before the verses. So the fact that. After all of that, like yo, Jeezy was able to, like, you know, take it on the chin, for lack of a better words, and you know, come together and like, yo, this is a moment we trying to do better. We're not trying to see, you know, we're not trying to see kings die no more. We've lost way too many people way too early, right? So and they prime salute to Jeezy, salute to Gucci, salute to Versus, yeah, and then shout out to them for performing so icy and hugging it out at the end of the of the of the, of the verses. Like that was a beautiful moment to see, and I believe that it'd be. If we could still, if we could follow that model, I think we're gonna be all right. Yeah, I, but I, next yo versus, I know it's not gonna happen. We need F- Uncle Fifty and Ja. <laughs> yo, if y'all can build, if y'all can mend that bridge, y'all can have all the coins. The Breakfast Club asked Fifty. Fifty said no before Sean Main even finished the question. I peeped, I peeped, I peeped. <laughs> it was like nope. Like I think that's gonna be something going to the grave because I feel like. 50 Cent is the type of person is once you do me wrong or once I have an issue with you. I mean, that's not true because he, him and Game kind of squash. He said he, he do don't a fuck with Game. But he like said he do a versus with Game. Yeah, but his the Game beef was never that serious up to nah, that. Nah, you're not going to come on and try to clown me when I gave you a classic album and it was all my songs. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's I, that, and, I, that, and that, you know you know they do a versus 50 is, is going to sun him in that. 50 like, oh, that's mine. <laughs> that's mine. That's mine. You can't use like, it. Yo, you can't play hit it or love it. You like, can't play. This is how we do. That's mine. Come on now. So I already know 50 Cent is going to little bro him. So I think that that's one reason why 50 Cent don't mind doing it with him. But I can't see. I'll be shocked if 50 do a versus with Ja. Because 50 Cent clown job for anything. I remember when he did that, that little gyro like, or hero um, commercial. Oh, 50 ran with that. <laughs> but yo, you got that's like real street beef. Like they was trying to kill each other. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's, that's like sad behind that. I said that's Southside beef. Shout out Southside one time. Home oh, team. Oh, you queen. So my brother, you you are in hosting duties. What you want to what you want to do? You want to take a little break and come back, or you want to jump right into the music? How you want to move this? Ah right, man, let's take a little break. We got a little ad that we're gonna run, and we're gonna come right back to ya. All righty. All right, y'all. Don't get me started. This is a function, not a party. I'm busting my mood. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, now nah, I didn't know you guys were here. Uh, my name is Brian Ellis. I'm the host of Get Your Own Opinion Podcast. It's a podcast about the zeitgeist, about the culture. You know, I'm talking a little sports, talk a little tech, talk a little romance, talk about shows I'm watching. I talk about a lot of things that you might be interested in. I hope you are interested in. And if you want, you can come take a listen. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Podcast. I didn't know about that one until they just hit me up uh, yesterday. But also, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing my thing. I want to get as many any listeners as possible and even if you don't enjoy it you could pass me along to your friends they might enjoy and if you want to respond to the show hit me up on twitter rt black superman or 
Instagram, which is G-Y-O-O pod. But if you really want to contribute, you listen to a couple episodes like I've started a Patreon where you can help pay for equipment around the studio. You know what I'm saying? You become a member, you get backstage things. I'm going to start giving out merch to my Patreon uh, subscribers. You know what I'm saying? So it's patreon.com slash G-Y-O pod. And I appreciate y'all listening. But it's time for you to get your own opinion. I could say I never met a girl, no, no, who satisfied my mental and my physical thing. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to be my fault, y'all. I just, I be singing sometimes. I just get in my bag and hear the music and I don't know how to act. The music just pops to my head. I have musical Tourette's and shit. You feel me? And I just blurt shit out. This is what happens on my Dreaded Mom podcast. That's me. Rakeeba Wayne, the host of My Dreaded Mind Podcast. You should check that shit out. That shit is full of crazy shit. Like, I be singing on there. I be freestyling on there. I be talking about real life shit on there and conspiracy theories. But y'all should check that shit out. My Dreaded Mind Podcast is on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Sounder FM. Dope ass podcast. Check it out. It's your boy Rakeeba Wayne. Holla at me. Welcome back. I hope y'all like the ad. Go support those brothers. You know what I mean? They're doing great things at their podcast, you know? Big fact. Shout out to my dreaded mind. I think he just hit 500 views or streams. So shout out to y'all, man. Good one time for the one time. Can we get a little applause? Yes, yes. And also, please leave a like and some comments on all social media at this might not go well, drop some questions, drop some topics you want us to cover and please leave five stars on Apple and also follow us on Spotify. Cause that will allow the algorithms to go up and to get us more views. So thank you. So hold on before you miss it, go ahead. Yo, and if y'all got anything to say, like, yo, drop, I want to hear some constructive criticism, some feedback. I, I want to, you need to make sure that we putting out the best possible product. So let us know what y'all thinking, what y'all like, what y'all don't like. And yo, we're going to try to take it from there, but my fault, Mr. Host with the most go ahead. All right. So, you know, a lot of week came by, and some new music came out, man. We got some good news, or did we? What good news do we have? I mean, Meg dropped good news, bro. The, oh, the, 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 okay. I didn't, okay. Yeah, shout out to Meg. Clap it up for Meg real quick. You feel me? Is it? Yeah, yo, Meg. You want to say hi? Shout out, Meg. Hi, Meg. Shout out to the hot girls. Shout out to the hot girls, all the hotties. Oh, yeah. What, what's your thoughts on the album? Um, hmm. <laughs> How do I start? It's not bad. It's not bad. I know. Oh, I know. I'm like. I'm. I'm, I'm no. Head. I'm not. Cause I'm, I've been told I'm a hater. I'm not. I. I think that the production they gave. Wait. 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 Before you continue, I just saw him pre-production jamming to Trey Song's album that he said was. Uh, but we continue though. I've apologized for that already. <laughs> and I. We're not gonna do that. Yo, shout out to Trey, man. Your album grew on me. Congratulations. Anyways, um, good news. It's not bad. It's not bad. I. I think that she they blessed her with some real high quality samples. Oh, that's her a fact. sample game was like I was like impressed. The Who Shot You record, I was I wasn't too I mean I I don't know. I I, I don't know. You get a Who Shot You sample, I'm expecting you to go crazy. But, but Meg is not that lyrical, bro. Yeah, yeah, let's not let's not violate. I think she's still fine. She's what, 26, 27? She's still fine that her 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 voice as an artist. 
I think that she she did what she had to do. She said her side of the story. She addressed uh, Tory Lane. She addressed uh, apparently Kelsey. I'm guessing that's her best friend. Yeah. So she went in and said what she had to say. So I was like, okay, I could dig it. I think that for me, the standout tracks on the album were probably the Lil Durk record movie. Stupid. That song is crazy. <laughs> Crybaby, I'm not gonna lie. Crybaby had me wanting to go do some dirty things with Shorty. So Crybaby was cool. Like, yo, get in that position real quick. Uh, Freaky Girls with Scissor was a vibe. I dig that. The Intercourse record with Popcorn and DJ Mustard, crazy. Um, um, the the song that she has with um, Young Thug was fire. Yeah. Oh, uh, Don't Stop is a dope yeah. record too. But that's a single. Like the last three songs are all singles, so you expect those to be high quality. Hey, you forgot one song. What song I forgot? Body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. I didn't forget that song. I hundred percent. I I made sure I omitted that song. I don't want to talk about that song, but you want to talk about it? We can. Body, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Come on now. You tell him you're not feeling that. That sounds like something a first grader would have made up. If I say, "Yo, make me a rap," they would have just said the word mad times. But you know that's the club banger right there, though. I don't know if it's the club banger. Like I said, I would. It was already trended on TikTok because she made a dance challenge, and I'm saying that's an easy. Cop out for a, a subpar, a mid. I'm not gonna say subpar. It's mid. It's not a horrible song. Let me stop this. Calling it Reggie. <sighs> I'm sorry. Never mind. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a mid song for me. It's not for me though. It's not about me. But she put the challenge out. Like the video, the visuals was great. Meg makes great videos, even if the song isn't always that great. But I think the album right now, like I give it seven point five. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm giving it a seven because um I feel like even though she had like. A lot of tapes But this is like Her first Cons- Official debut Consistent Yeah And She Didn't really try To go outside the box In terms of flow And lyrics And I And, I, and I'm not too upset About that Because this is your first Official debut album So I don't want you To stray away too much From what got you hot But the second album If you come with that It's over I I, I want to jump in though I feel like she did try To go a little different Because you think about Oh, normal records like what's the joint? What it wasn't, it was the mixtape after Fever, right? The one that had a like Captain Tina Snow, or some shit. Uh, Tina Snow was early, it was the oh. one that because it was Tina Snow, it was Fever because oh, Fever had yeah. cash shit on it, and then it was another one that had Savage, it had a um, it had no, Captain Hook, it had Captain the joint. Hook, Hit yeah. my phone with Kalani, it was one of my favorite Meg joints. Oh, yeah, she I, put do, I like that. That's a good record. Um, Sugar, Sugar, right? Yeah. So if you think about those, those kind of have like the, the the bravado, the braggadocious, you know, she knew it's like my pussy good and I know it and I'm going to let you know about it. That, that was that man. I mean, she said the same shit in this, in but, this album. I'm, but think about the sounds though. If you think about uh, uh, Don't Rock Me to Sleep. Not my favorite, not, not, a, not a gem on the album, but I see sonically what she's doing. She's making sure that she can go into that pop room. I could hear that song on like Old Navy commercials on May and like it'll be like on H&M billboards and stuff like that. I mean, I would say what I, um, I would say the stuff that I was talking about was more so her flow and lyric wise. It was I mean, same cadence, same everything. Like it wasn't like besides the little Dirk record when she tries to match she, Dirk. She flexed on that record. Yeah, I, like when she tried to match the style with little Dirk, that was the only thing that was like it sound like different. I mean, I don't know. I think you get me because her her rapping. She's a great rapper. Like, she can uh, rap. Uh, I'm a bad. Like you could get, you can mimic her flow and her cadence. Like, but I felt like "Don't Rock Me to Sleep." I felt like uh, "Intercourse," and I felt like mm, even on the popcorn joint, she sound like she was still like 
flowing. But I feel like she was trying to do more sing-songy. Like, you know, it gave me, like, early... I don't want to compare, because I think Nicki's first album was a, a, a female rap classic. Pink Friday was a, a female rap classic. Oh, yeah. It's, so I celebrate the 10 years, 10 right? Years. Clap shout it up, shout for out to Nick. up for her. Shout out to Nick real quick. Queen's finest. But um, I think just her being able to... Get into that sing-songy bag and not being afraid to put out a power. Like, I'm pretty sure she had doper rap records in the tuck for this project, but I think her putting those on there sets her up to be like, "Yo, I could drop a. Uh, it was like a, I could drop a say so, like that Doja Cat record. I could drop one of these pop records, and it's like, all right, let's see how people react to it." Like I said, I'm not gonna give her too much flack because it's her first official album, so I, I'm allowed to flow in the cadence that she knows. I'm not going And she's like negative. 26 yeah. 27 she's, she's 25 She's 25 Look so I think What's this like Literally She's been fast tracked Because you're saying There's what Three or four EPs In this project So we've gotten a lot And it's like On the span of two years So we've gotten a lot of Meg In two years I say yo If it still sounds like this The next album Like you said Maybe she's cooked Maybe she plateaus Yeah that's what I'm saying but I, I give her a break This album Second album She comes back Like like even for the popcorn situation, I, even though she added a little singing to it, it still sound like a Meg verse. It's not, and that's not that's not necessarily not a, a bad, bad thing, thing. But I'm just like, let me give an example of of like popcorn ver- with, with Drake. Drake tappings to popcorn world, and really like even for controller before you know he put a Beanie Man in it, it was that singing vibe. Like, that was like really like singing type of shit, like dancehall type. Vibes. Yeah, like I would want her to do that instead of just rapping and put a little bit of it. Than just trying to rap on like a reggae dance hall type of beat because I'm like it doesn't sound too great. Uh, uh, you're right. I just like I said, I, I dig the the attempt. It might not have hit, but I think the fact that she's she's trying to be here for a long time. Oh yeah. I think if she would just came out and just made a straight rap album, it would have been like all right, you, you you got it. But there could be a, there's a lot of rap girls up under her that's trying to you know blow up too. So the fact that she's able to put out these records is like okay. She's 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 making sure that she's establishing herself for a good little run. Oh yeah, and um, I like overall I like the album. Yes. All the songs are great. Um, I don't think there's certain songs I'm definitely revisit, but I'm excited for her, and I think she's I think she's gonna be one of the rap stars that's gonna be around. I think you know it's unfit, it's unfortunate, and I think we're trying to get away from it in music. I think that there's always only one it rap girl at a time. So I think we're living in a, like a unique moment where there are like at every level there's a dope rap shorty that's coming out. She's putting out content that's like you know even as a dude it's like I can listen to and like okay I see what you're going like like we said Flo Millie Mulatto Sweetie uh, Rhapsody um, Cardi's just dropped a, one of the biggest records Rico Nasty Rico Cupcake. Nasty Cupcake like um, it's like it's, it, I think it's dope that they're all getting their exposure right now. I, I I would like to challenge that just a little bit. Go ahead. I just think, I mean, because mm, when Trina was popping, Little Kim was still popping, Eve was still popping around that time. I'm talking about like as a, I'm talking about like as a mainstream. Like it's like think about when Cardi came out a couple years back. It was like it could only be Cardi and Nicki. Remember that? I, I just think there was not a lot of female rappers that was popping back then. But I, I won't say this is like. Compared to like the whole female rap in history, like there's been time where there's been multiple females popping though. But, but I'm just saying, like in terms of a mainstream space, like it's not oh, like okay. they're just putting a box. Like remember, like it was a, a big thing when they took away that female rap Grammy or best female rap performance or whatever. Oh, like yeah. now it's looking like yo, bring that back because it's like it's comp out here. Oh yeah, and I'm just I'm appreciating it 
even if I don't necessarily like the artist, or I'm not jacking. They're like, yo, it's dope that there's like a, a girls can go to if they want to hear a female rapper, they can go get the conscious joint from Rhapsody, or they can go get the turn up music from from or the you know the bra- the the bravado type music from Meg, or you know all of that crazy or the, or the the you know pretty shorty in the mirror music from Sweetie. Like I think that's just dope. Oh, shout out to Sweetie too. I love you. Yeah, we know <laughs> what happened. Um, no, and no. also a lot of a lot of um, the baby released. Um, Shout out to him, bro. Yeah, he's been going through a lot this year, and even throughout his whole career, he lost his father, and now he released an album dedicated to his brother who committed he committed you know, suicide. Committed suicide. So you know, uh, prayers goes out to the baby's family, and also this project was not bad. You know, he got in touch with his emotional side. And I really appreciate that because you know one of the biggest flack on the baby is that he's he just rapped he, the he same another same flow user yeah it's just like Meg so it's like I'm glad he went out his way he actually talked about some stuff and revealed a lot of things about himself so um shout out to you I mean I just want to side note like I think the baby when he is coming from that emotional place is where he puts out his like he shows you the kind of artist he could be like he but I think he has a formula he understands a hit. He knows, like, I'm going to put out... Oh, yeah. Because when he put out those two albums, I was like, oh, this sounds similar, but he had number one records on each of them. He knows what people want to hear. But now it's like you get, like, the, the joint he did at his brother's funeral. Like, that was, like, that's powerful. The joint he did when his father died, intro. Like, yeah. those are where you see, like, yo, the artistry. And you know what? You know what the problem is, too, is a lot of these... Because the baby is a powerful performer. And I think the problem with us sometimes is we don't see these artists... At concerts and everything to see why they make the music that they make, because if you you can't tell me anything, if 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 I'm a baby fan and I go to his concert and I listen to the album, I understand why he he will make those type of songs. Because you play those songs during a concert of his, it goes crazy. So I I think that's a conversation that we should have in the future of just like when you when artists are making albums, are you writing more so for uh, everyday listener, or are you writing for concert goers? Because I don't blame you if you tell me you watch if you if you make music for concert goers because these are people that are actually gonna put more money in your pocket. Hundred percent. I think that's a good conversation to get into eventually. And then you know, shout out to French Montana. He released Coke Boy Five. Yeah. Oh lord, come on! Now. I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not a French. After French pulled that whole shit last year, where he dropped songs from like. Four years ago on an album and tried to claim gold status in a week. I I stopped I stopped fucking with. But glad for you come up again. I always love to see a black man eat, but it's just I don't know. It turned me off, bro. Yeah, and then Rich the Kid and NBA Young Boy Nobody Safe album just came out. You feel me? Um, I'm still I'm still on my vertical on NBA Young Boy. That's why I'm trying to listen to more of his music to get the hype. I'm still trying to get the hype on him because the way the the numbers that he does, I I just don't understand. And I'm going out my way to understand what the hell, why, like, I I just don't understand. You better be careful. He's going to have you out here smoking new porks and shooting up armored cars. Oh, that's a fact. And then speaking of Jeezy, from before, he released the recession too, you know. Shout out to Jeezy, you know. I mean, he, you know, he did get a little spicy. He got at Freddie Gibbs and Fifty Cent about, you know, how they do shots to him over the years and everything. So he did respond to them a few times. So I'm like, all right, maybe Jeezy might be back out here and shit. Yeah, and then you know, facts. Future and Little Uzi Vert, Baby. I mean, Pluto versus Baby Pluto Deluxe came out with some new shit, you know. And then 
Come on, slick. You was bumping it. You was I liking bump, it. I did bump a little bit of the Pluto, um, yeah, Pluto versus Baby Pluto. It was cool. I tried to listen to the the other Uzi project, the deluxe with like the thirty some songs. I got Yo, through two tracks. Please yeah. fame him in the comments. Tell him that Love I, Is Rage Two is fire. It could be fire to y'all. I don't listen to Uzi. He didn't even like he didn't even like Lil Main. Like that's one of the best. The only songs song I liked was the Drake Twenty One Twenty One Savage. That yes, was the only. Yes, Sirski. That's the only joint I played, and I wanted to play it again. Now let's talk about what probably might be the album of the year. What? Saint John. Ooh, boy! <laughs> Clap it up for my boy Saint John, real boy. quick. Boy, Saint John. Yo, I, I'm not going front. I, I, this is my first Saint John experience. Like listening to the music, I played the album like three times in a row, bro. It's like that for you, yo. I'm, I, I like fresh. I like inventive hip hop, and I think. The cosigns that he got, like when I looked at the track, I saw Kanye, I saw Black, I saw different people, I saw um, mm-hmm. the baby. I was like, yo, I might be missing something here. So when I played it and I sat with it for like, I think I played it like all, maybe like for a good hour and a half on Friday. You know, anybody who follows me on my personal IG knows when I do my little radio playlist. Yeah, I know. Your radio playlist? I can't say that because of our conversation that we're gonna have later on. Oh, all right. Just make sure. <laughs> um, you know, I've been jacking St. John. You feel me? And I'm. I'm excited for him. I've been trying to get my hands on his merch, though, but he, he keeps selling out. But, yo, this album was phenomenal. It was. I just, I just, that's one word for it. I'm just like, yo, congratulations, Shane John. Like, this was his first, I guess, album from a year or two compared to the last album I heard. And he, and I could see he already took his thoughts. Even a visual that he released was fired. So I'm like, yo, whoever's, whoever's in his camp, y'all doing your thing over there. Yeah, definitely doing your thing over there. So shout out to you. Like, I definitely, I definitely could see you being part of the Grammy list for your album. Can we have this conversation at another date too? Like, I just want to say, like, yo, I, I used to be the biggest Grammy buff in the world, but fuck the Grammys. Oh, oh I'm, I'm with you with that. Fuck yeah. the Grammys. Fuck the. We, I just want to talk about that another we, we time. Want, we, we put that in a docket. I say I throw that in the Google Doc. We could talk about that another and, time. And let's talk about Meek Mill with the quarantine pack. You feel me? Uh, Gearing up for that For the next album release If it's not like the last album I'm here with you I didn't listen to Quarantine Pack yet But I mean I heard some Some nice reviews about it So I'm, I'll probably give it a spin This week at some point But I don't know I feel like Album Meek and like Throwaway Meek Or like EP Meek Is two different Meeks So I'm I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. I'm not 100% invested In listening to it I might just play it On a, on a, on a push But I mean it was pretty good You know it had some It had some pretty good songs In it but I'm not I don't. I don't really hold it against me because I'm just knowing these are just throwaways from the actual album. Big deal. So I mean, like I see stuff like that, but then you know, you never know. Cause I think he did that with wasn't dangerous like a, on a throwaway album and yeah. then it hit and then and that, it, it hit off the EP and then he put it on the main. Yeah, because I heard it and I was like, "Ooh, shit! This this right here that was cookout music." So yeah, I think he play. I think he does that to gauge what's hot and if it's if it's hitting, then it might go on the album. So yeah, I, no. I see that. So, and also a lot of artists. Who I want to give a respect to is Russ. I was never the big Russ fan, but over the years he's been uh imp- like the mood done change about him because the way he handled his business, he's independent, and the w- and the quality of music that he's been releasing lately. Like I would have to take back my Russ is whack type vibe that I had from him in the beginning of his career, you know. So shout out to you, Russ. He released his EP called Chomp. So I, I I'm enjoying it. It was a good EP. So. I'm excited for Russ. Can't say I'm gonna listen to it, but I don't say I never say Russ is trash. It's just it's not everybody's cup of tea. 
I think that's probably the easy way to say it. Like you just might, might not be interested in what he got to say. I think oh, that's yeah. for me. That's probably like the biggest thing with artists. Let's not like I hear your song out. If it's if it's fire, I'll go back and see a project. But if I'm not interested in what you got to say, I'm probably not checking for you. Like I'll go through the the Apple or the Spotify. Or I just got titled a couple of weeks ago, so just seeing what like what's ranked high, I'll go through it. But if I don't really care what you got to say or like I don't, your story doesn't intrigue me. You're not putting out no like like forward progressing music. I'm probably gonna be sleeping on you. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, and that's a great transition to talk about what we was talking about during pre 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 production. Oh, pre production. Wow, I'm over here saying my word. Because you was you drinking coquito ganja, your boy. You feel me? You know, you know. You sound you're, like, you like a, a bodega owner just now. Tusable, los vivos. You know, you know the vibes. Is it Tusable or Tusable? I don't know what the hell. Yo, I said you know the vibes. Introduce the topic. I don't oh, know. Told you. Oh, now, um, Kevin Hart. He released his new special not too long ago on Netflix. Yo, yeah, the media media was going crazy this week. Kevin did drop his called No Fucks Given on Netflix. It was actually taken, I don't think it was actually his crib. He definitely probably rented out a little little spot. Oh, you know my boy got the brink for that. Yeah, um, he do, we, got, we, got, we got a little clip for that. We know I'll play that a little bit. Go ahead. You ready? Yes, sir. Me and my wife had a very, me and my wife had a very direct and honest space in our relationship. Very honest. Very honest, man. My wife told me the other day, she said, honey, your sex is no longer what it used to be. <laughs> to my fucking face. <laughs> Ain't this a bitch? We in my home, I got no problem being honest with y'all. To my fucking face. <laughs> told me my sex is falling off. You know what my response was? Happens. That's what I said. <laughs> Happens. I don't give a shit. Fucking 41, I don't got time to be fucking all day. I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't believe that you can be successful and have good dick. I said it. That's how I feel. That's how I fucking feel. I'm not taking it back. I said it. I don't believe that you can be successful and have good dick. I told you, you got to pick one. You want this life or good dick? You're not getting both. I'm not going to do both. Go ahead. Man, I don't know. I, I'm a Kevin Hart fan. I, I watched every special. I've, uh... I bought the first book. I really enjoyed the first book. I took some lessons from that. But I don't, I, I found myself just kind of like, I don't say off put. I feel like Kevin Hart just, I don't want, I want to say this correctly because I say I, I am a Mr. fan. Mr. Hot Take. And I, I just feel like he doesn't have much to talk about. I feel like this was uninspired comedy. He got the Netflix bag. His LOL network, he's making moves as an entrepreneur, but also the consensus is that a lot of people just aren't really, you know, jacking him right now off of several things, the cheating scandal, you know, cheating on his pregnant wife, uh, the the Oscars issue with the uh whatever whenever the, everybody was mad. He made a point to talk about some of that in the special. I believe he called he called the people the feds, which is true. I mean I just, this era is definitely the feds. Y'all yeah, be snitching on yourselves. Yeah, yeah, the work is definitely done to <laughs> for the government. Like, oh, so and so was doing what? Let me get that Instagram video real quick. Up, oh, you're indicted. But I don't know. I we were talking about this in pre. I was just like, I don't know. Do we consider Kevin Hart a legend? Yes. I just off the strength of the record that he broke and what he has done in his career with music wise, I'm not music wise, comedy. but movies, comedy and production and the, the term of ownership. He's a legend. I don't know. And I put, I put Kevin Hart 
in the same category as Drake and LeBron. Let me, you know, before y'all, before y'all kill me for saying that. I almost muted your mic. <laughs> I would say, you know how um, Kevin Hart, I mean, you know how Drake and LeBron, they've been consistent throughout the whole years that now anything that they produce is, if it's not better than anything they did prior, it's kind of lackluster. Even though if a normal person had put up the same type of numbers, it would be looked great on them, but because of their because of their status and what they have done in the past, it could still be frowned upon. And I think that same thing goes for Kevin Hart. I think he's been on top for a long time with movies and specials. That now we anything that can seem not funny or not as great as his old specials, we're gonna not tear him down, but not give him the respect that he deserves. I, I, I can see that I've, I've been wrestling With this idea Just because I remember Seriously funny Kevin Hart I remember um, this. I'm a grown little man Kevin Hart I remember Kevin Hart Soul playing When he had, he was still hungry Oh Paper, yeah What was it Paper Soldiers With, um, with Benny Siegel Benny Siegel Right The Dame, the Rockefeller movie So like I think Is he a legend Yes and no Like you said He has the accolades Like he could He's the first ballot Hall of Famer But that you also say like He's had a run unlike any other comic in history. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying even in terms of like Eddie Murphy, uh, Richard Pryor, like in the sense of his longevity. And I guess it, that would tie into the LeBron argument because a lot of people say LeBron's only this, has these accolades because he's never been hurt. Never really missed time. Kevin Hart puts out a movie every year, and sometimes two or three. He gives you a special every two years. Like he's everywhere Yep But then that's why I kind of the, the, the no second Like yes he's everywhere But does that speak to the quality Of what he's producing And I think Special wise In the last Two or three Haven't been In my opinion That great I think As a businessman Yo he's dope You got the LOL network Um, He almost had He almost got a chance To host the Oscars He's putting on For his people Which is dope but I don't know His whole team is eating Whole team eating I think he also was again A victim of his own celebrity You know he got caught, caught up In the cheating scandal He got caught up You know just With the Oscar scandal So a lot It turned a lot of people off to him Yeah But I, I mean for this And this Just talking about this specific special I didn't think it was that great Did you? Uh, I I definitely had some laughs I, I, I got like two I got the group chat laugh And I got the You know My, my daughter's a whole laugh That was funny <laughs> to me Yeah But I mean I feel like With Kevin Hart I just think he can't do no right anymore because of the heights that he have reached. Fair enough. He, made, I, he shattered the ceiling, so now it's like, where do you go? Yeah, and and it's kind of hard to top your old performance because, you know, that's the same thing like go with artists' second albums. Like, the first album always hit, but the second album, they always fall off in a sense, even though their music might have got better to certain people, but... To the public It can definitely Look like Oh it's not as great As the first Cause this is the reason Why I fell in love With you type of thing <clears throat> Bryson <And> Tiller <laughs> Oh don't do that I actually like Anniversary Anniversary is fine But the second album Self Whatever True to self <laughs> Oh yeah Garbage that, That's true That's true uh, And I think I just think that um, The reason why I love Kevin Hart He He has to grow as a person 
And I just think that some people are just not willing to grow. And I think that's just result into hate. Not hate, but dislike for what he got going on. So just me being the asshole that I am at times, has Kevin Hart grown as a person <laughs> stand up since stand up special number four? Uh, I mean, in comedy, um, no. It's the same story. It, it's it's kind of hard for him to grow in the sense of that with his comedy because he 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 no longer could do. Um, he's so busy. He's no longer to able to do those little walkthroughs to different places. Like you know how Dave Chappelle, because since Dave Chappelle only does like comedy in a sense. And some albums too, by the way. He does a lot of skits on people's albums, by the way. Yeah, that Big Sean skit was fire. Yeah. Um, but since he only primarily focused on comedy instead of like shows and whatnot, I mean like movies and everything, he's able to do comedy shows, local comedy shows, and work on new materials and everything. So Kevin Hart can't do that because if, if Kevin Hart is not doing comedy, he's doing movies or productions or his radio. He even got a podcast. So he he has too much stuff to do for him to even attempt to do what Dave Chappelle does with the local comedy stuff that he does. So do we think maybe it's just like an oversaturation of Kevin Hart? Like there's just too much Kevin Hart, or like he doesn't have like that's my thing. Like that's why I'm like, oh, if you, I would like, say oversaturated because it was like one year. I think it was like 2019 or 2018. Like he had at least one or two specials and like three or four movies. Like two of them was was with The Rock, and the other one was just. One he produced, I'm like school night with Tiffany Hans. I'm like, yo, all right, Kevin Hart, you had all four four quarters, my God. Like, let people rock. <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like, but in artistry, unfortunately, if you're not putting out something that's better than your last project, it's gonna be like you fell off. So no matter how many times I can see you a lot, I I think you're doing it, but when I actually look at the content, it's like, yo, we doing the same, we're gonna talk about you cheating on your wife again. We're gonna talk Question about- though, is that you as the consumer being still trapped by the previous work and, and not willing to accept growth in a new work. I mean, a lot of people who consume like these type of things in music are so consumed by the previous work that they don't even want to give the new work a try. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it or listen to it at least two or three times before I like come to my final. Like I'll have my initial, like I said, trade shit was trash and I was like, Oh, it's not that bad. And I was like, he Oh, was bumping it early. And early in pre-production. And I mind you, it. I told him hit different it's different. So you want to tell, you want to tell family secrets. All right, say less. <laughs> say less. Don't worry. Don't worry. And it hit different. It's going to hit different you know? later. Don't worry. Hold on. <laughs> Don't worry. I got you. But yeah, man. Uh, shout out to Kev, though. Like, you still getting that money, but I get your money, King. I just, I don't know. Personally, as a fan, I need, I need to, I need to be a little bit, if this was no fucks given, I need a little bit more. There has to be something that we got to talk about that's going to be a little deeper. You feel me? I need you to, yo, tap in. But what else can he tap in? He talked about his family. He talked about his mom dying. And that's the thing. He like sometimes, But sometimes you have to take more than a year or two away to really see who you are as a person. Because think about it, He's putting out, he's touring every year. He's putting out movies every year. So he's really been the same version of himself since like 2013. Oh yeah, so I I'm think saying, he has a he has he has a schedule. He I think he mentioned in that before, like especially he talks about it. But I'm just saying, like in the time of like right now, especially like you know, like especially you're, he's not he's like public enemy number seven right now. Yeah. So I think him taking a step away and being like, yo, I'm going to use the next three years to just you know I'm gonna put out a couple pro- movies, but what stories are happening? Like, he got a daughter in high school. His son is you know whatever. I mean, his wife had a couple babies. You know, he passed up on the Oscar. Let's, let's talk about that real. Like, what's happening? 
Like don't just deflect about people clowning you on the internet though, you know, being mad at you. But talk about how you like genuinely feel. What's your position? Like you could be I wanna see I want Kevin Howard to come out on some y'all should thank me. I want him to come out here on some real like WWE villain type shit. That would be fire. I think that would work against his brand though, but I see where you coming from. I'm just saying, it's like how we all wanted John Cena to be a bad guy. Sorry to guys, it's a wrestling reference. How everybody wanted John Cena to be a bad guy and never got it. And it's like we appreciate him. I'm gonna appreciate Kevin Hart for all he's he done. He was a bad guy in the beginning though, when he but first nobody, started. But when he hit when he finally He was wearing them Kingo hats. Yeah, he was rapping, but then it just it didn't happen. You feel me? So I don't know. That's just my point. But it's on it's back to you, big bro. Alrighty. So keeping along with the entertainment industry. I want to give a shout out to Will Smith. Oh, shout out to the Prince. Yes, yes, yes. As many of you guys know, this past week was the 30th anniversary of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yep, West Philadelphia, born and raised. And they brought back literally everybody, even OG Aunt Viv. Shout out to Janet Hubert, man. Yeah, man. They finally got to talk about what's been going on over these past 30 years of the, the, the battle relationship I I got a clip So you know I'm gonna play a little bit Of Of, of this You know Yeah and just like Yo this actually ties back Into the whole thing About forgiveness And Jeezy and Gucci Like sometimes Yo Tom Sometimes is the ultimate Ally in healing Yeah So so Here, here, here what she had to say But I words You know words can kill mm-hmm. But I lost everything Reputation Everything Everything And I understand You we're able to move forward, but you know those words, calling a black woman difficult mm-hmm. in Hollywood is the kiss of death. Mm-hmm. It's the kiss of death, and it's hard enough being a dark-skinned black woman mm-hmm. in this business. It's, you know, words. Yeah, so this was deep, deep. I can't even, like... I, if if you know the history be, between them, how and she she goes on more in depth on the reunion, which you could watch on HBO, um, of why she left the show and what was going on in her life at that time and what happened and just and it takes a real big person and shout out to both for actually be able to con- not confront but embrace act, embrace and to really acknowledge and have accountability for his actions and they were able to really and then she even said in her if you follow her on Twitter she was able to say like yo thank you Will I'm finally able to free myself from this prison that been on that that's that I've been over this past 30 years and and it's been so powerful to me because now I'm like I'm looking at I'm looking in my life and seeing people who I had problem with and I'm like I'm I'm thinking about reaching out to them just to clear myself or even might possibly clear them from from something that could be holding them down over the years. What's your thoughts? I thought it was dope. I think first and foremost, like yo, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like I think uh Alfonso Ribeiro, aka Carlton said it, like this was one of like three black shows in nineteen ninety. It's like them, the Cosby show and like one other than I don't Family know. Family Matters? It might have been family it might have been a different world, I'm not sure. But oh, a different world was this. I think that the Fresh Prince was so important because, you know, it had the element of hip hop and pop culture to it. Like the Cosby show, Cosby was was great, but it was like, you know, the 
moms and pops was upper echelon, you know, trying to provide for their kids. This was like auntie, uncle was upper echelon trying to provide for the kids. When you had like that hip hop element of will coming in, and it's like it was just dope to see, like sneaker culture, you know, them dealing with real world issues. So I think and dealing with teen issues too. Yeah, so it's like you get to see that on TV on Monday nights back in the day, and rewatch it on Nick at Night and TBS, and it's on it's syndicated on like so many different channels and streaming networks now. It's dope. So shout out to the Fresh Prince. But I remember like that Aunt Viv thing that didn't sit well with a lot of people because. Well, it's like, yo, what happened? I, like, when Jazz came on episode, like, yo, it's something different about you when they transitioned to uh to Daphne. Was it Daphne Rosen? I forgot. Her yeah, name. I, I know her first name is Daphne. Uh, Daphne Reed. I thought she's married to Tim Reed in real life. Shout out Tim Reed. But I think that them being able to come together and sit down and break bread and celebrate something that they created because we really think about black culture. Culturally, we move the needle and we have some of the most impactful moments in music and entertainment. And that's really... Why I feel like this was a needed necessary moment. We, oh yeah, we because go- I could I could see from Daphne's standpoint because she got a lot of hate oh, when yeah. she first got the role, and and she explained it in the reunion like, "Hey, I just got here. I even asked people what happened with the previous Aunt Viv. Nobody would talk to her about it, and she was like, I'm just gonna.' She didn't have no reference to go off of, so she just did she, her job. She just did her job, and then she got a lot of criticism over the years because people don't even respect her character in the show because of that. And she had to deal with that. Yeah, man. It's a lot of turnover. But I think, like we said, this idea of forgiveness, right? Time heals all wounds. Like you said, you must sometimes it's like, yo, what are we really beefing about? Why are we mad? And I think some of the most powerful things in what she said, you know, Will Smith was 21 at the time. So he's like, she's, this woman is going through hell and hell. She's in an abusive relationship. Husband wasn't working, probably beating her, beating her ass. Like really something that she didn't want anybody to know about. But you got this 21-year-old kid who, different stage in his life, he's all big energy, and she couldn't match the energy. And he's just like, yo, why you don't want to be down? And they fired her. He didn't fight for her. But he didn't know what was happening. Yeah, and also it explains to him, too, is like, even though he was the main character of the show, he didn't even know he had that much power at that time. Because you can, if a situation like that happened now, with Will at his age right now, you think that's going to happen? He think he's not going to get down to the bottom of it because now he knows his worth and he knows what he brings and what power he has. But you talking about a twenty one year old back then? I'm about to say he just followed the producers because because I think I believe that they off they try to lowball her. They try to give preg- her a bad offer. Yeah, because her pregnancy. And, and she, she wanted money to get paid because they put it in the storyline. She wanted to get paid. You yeah, know, adequately as anybody should. You know your value. And then Will. Didn't know that So Will just thought That she hated him Well she's being difficult Yeah Which is unfair Because you don't know The whole story And I think that The fact that he was able To come to her In a place where It was like Yo I'm a father now I understand that You know We have bad days And we still gotta go to work And I've never meant To put you in that position And her accepting that Because she didn't have To accept it She could have oh, yeah. She could have pulled up And been ready to scrap But been like Set her peace And then dipped But I think the fact That they both came there Openly acknowledging the issues of the past, openly apologizing for what has been said in in public, and being able to move forward. And I did notice like only uh, Alfonso Carlton was in, in like the scene when she came in to see everybody else. Oh yeah, but they have real real beef. They got real beef. Like, but she called him. She called him Will's tampon. I did read that, but yeah. I think the fact that. We were able to celebrate. You can't celebrate the Fresh Prince without OG Anvid. Oh, yeah, that's a fact. It's, Especially it's like, after we lose Uncle Phil. Yeah, and I think that was just like 
crazy to even like to, to see the love that they have for each other and realizing that like, they went through their week like Monday they got the scripts Tuesday Wednesday they they started breaking down and putting like themselves into the character and then mm-hmm. Thursday Friday they film like I think that was just dope to see and, they, and you just realize that they just spent close to thirty years of at least from art for oh, twenty seven years twenty seven years of just not communicating because I know Will has done. Smaller reunions with the cast before she's never years. there. Yeah, and he also did a couple of things with Alfonso, but she was never there. Like you just spent twenty seven years of just not talking to the person and just go and just commenting based off of what you assumed was the issue. You feel yeah. me? And I think that she brought up another great point. She said, you know, him saying that a black woman, a dark skinned black woman, was difficult. That pretty much ended her career. Yeah, especially at that time. And it's like. You don't even think about it like off the top of your head, but colorism plays a major role, especially in the black community, uh, definitely in the black community, about our perceptions and how we are valued where we're at. If you look a certain way, unfortunately, history has shown. If you look a certain way or you're a certain skin tone and you have an opinion or you want to do something your way or do something a little bit differently, mm-hmm. you'll be cast aside. And I think that that either, either you get with the program or you leave. Yeah, and that brings you to like this next topic we want to kind of go into. Thinking of the transition again. Shout out to OG on Vid. Shout out to Will Smith. Shout out to the Fresh Prince for just being timeless television. Tatiana Ali, she was fired back then. She's still fighting now. Shout out Karen Parsons, the whole nine. They had my boy Jeffrey out there, man. Jeffrey still he out here. He boy. had the waves. He had the waves. Yeah, he had the waves around the ball spot. <laughs> but um, yeah, we want to talk about this idea. I saw this tweet flow, and I think you retweeted it as well. It was talking about uh, colorism and hip-hop. Yes. Let me, let me see if I can find yeah. it. I'll quick. give you all some background. Basically, it was insinuating that colorism has played a role in the way we perceive lighter or fairer-skinned uh, female artists versus darker-skinned. So, yes, I have the tweet right here. So, a person tweeted, Notice how nobody debates Sweetie or Mulatto's beauty, but when it comes to JT, y'all got so much to say. Very telling. And then the retweet or the quote tweet about it was, Sweetie, Mulatto, Janae Aiko, Cardi B, no debate, but JT, Ari Lennox, Meg, debatables. So they, so, ah. Uh, There's a lot to that? unpack on that. And when I first read it, I was just thinking, like, I think we read like this. You think about it in in the selfish and like, yo, am I? Like, I got a love for all of them. I think if I'm judging them, I'm probably judging them off of the content of their music. But yeah. then when you think about perception, while you think about the tweets and the jokes, like, I remember when JT said the ver- her line on the the what's it called the yo the money bag joint. Say something. Yeah, she said all these dudes want to fuck JT, and people was like, what? Who? Not I was like, I do. Oh wait, well, good job, sir. <laughs> but I mean, like, we have been in this position for the last what 20 years 30 years 40 years about who do we put on a pedestal in the black community like you know for the most part when you look these look at the videos you think about that it was always the light-skinned girls or the exotic looking women like i need to be an exotic i need me a foreign yeah but you think about the darker skin joints and it's like oh up until probably like five six years ago you say bria miles was they was putting her up in there but it's just like it's like, but you see the. I definitely agree with you that they did put more light skin or fair skin people. More, but I do remember Buffy the Body. She was like, but she had to be like extravagant. You oh, could yeah, put like a. You could, I don't, don't want to say anybody's baby, but you could put like a basic, like light skin John with curly hair in a video, and she could look like whatever. But she was gonna get more shine than a dark skin chick. You're right. And you think about the artistry because I, I remember it. I remember some of the video vixens back then. Like I mean. 
Melissa Ford is she's light brown, brown I would say, but like Videra Guerrero, Ovida Guerrero, light yeah. skin Spanish, exotic. Yeah, so I definitely see what you. I I, I, I definitely see what. But you now we're in this we're in this era where like sexuality is fluid. Like we the women they are they like I said they big big bravado. We outside like yo I like this stuff. They like to drink, party, BD. twerk, have sex. You know what BD is? <laughs> they got big dick energy, hundred yeah. percent, and. Yo, is I I think if a woman is attracted, a woman is attracted. I think when we start getting into skin tones and such, and we make that like a criteria for why they can't be or why you shouldn't be attracted to this person, so that's trash. That's the issue. But then that's rooted in black culture because I remember team light skin, team dark skin joke. Remember even going back, like yo, it was there's errors where it's just like oh to be a certain shade just isn't cool. Yeah, and then it was the whole field nigga and house nigga type thing as well back to slavery. So. I think there was just a lot of motive that they used to separate us, and it still continues to this day. It's remnants built, of slavery. I'll say it's built into our, unfortunately, our preferences, and, and, and it reflects because you might not see the talent in somebody just because you're not physically attracted. I'm like, yo, JT Fire. Ari Lennox is fire. Ari Lennox is fire. Make the stallion. So is Mulatto. So is Sweetie. Big Lotto. And then, if we talk about talent, that's a different story. Now, if we're going to bring talent up, I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm going to criticize, but I'm not going to say you ugly just because you dark skinned. Like, that's corny. That's what we got to elevate as a people. I think, too, I saw, um, was it Saweetie? Oh, Ebro had an interview. I think it was Saweetie. And she mentioned something about how, like, when she first came on the scene, like, she freestyled for Ebro. He's like, oh, if you was a dude, I would have. Uh, Critique you hard, but since you grow, I'm gonna be nice, and I think that's where you know we kind of got to start. Um, I don't want to say articulate, but the, discussing our, our our artists. Oh yeah, like I want to criticize you based off of your talent, not your looks or your gender. But if we talking colorism, like we gotta we gotta get that out of here. But it's a reality in the black community because at the end of the day, it's just skin, it's skin tone. Like, it is that, but remember, skin tone was used as a way to elevate certain people. So oh, the yeah, fair yeah. skin, like you said, they was in the crib. The dark skin was out in the field. So it's always had that negative connotation. Like somebody else didn't see beauty in my skin tone, so and, now I don't see beauty in yours. And and not even talk about just women in hip hop, just colorism overall, and just the whole world. Like some people will legit not go out with you just because of your color of your skin. They do not know your personality. They don't know what you do for a living. They don't know what you bring to the table just because of your skin color. They won't even entertain you. And I just think that is so corny because I'll tell you right now, every every skin tone person, I mean, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but anybody, any race have bad and great people in it. Regardless of what they look like. Yes. I'm about to say, I've so we've seen Tyler Perry movies. There's always a, a evil light skin and dark skin person in every movie. So <laughs> I be making fun of Tyler Perry, but I mean, it's true. You see portrayals, like even in your everyday life, like just because somebody looked nice and they was light skin and dark skin doesn't mean they're going to be a good person. And you know what? You know, I think what might solve this? What? We just need therapy. Therapy has. I think us black people just have so much trauma over the years and we continue to have trauma, especially this year alone. Like I had to go seek therapy this year because of the trauma alone, just seeing so much murder deal on camera, even with the, even violence among ourselves, like with the King Von murder, like, and then I accidentally, somebody posted his, the dead body on, on, on Twitter. So I accidentally viewed the picture and that scarred me and then going from the pop smoke. And then with the, you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor type of thing. So all that trauma, I, I wanted to seek out therapy this year. And 
I think that's what we need because we are dealing with so much trauma as black people that we subconsciously it affects us all around. It affects our families, it affects our relationships, even our work. And I think that's something that we need. Oh, big facts. I'm a card camp member of the Black Men in Therapy Club. I've been in there for like two going on three years now. So I think that when you think about the issues in the black community, like you say, you have these conversations about colorism, about, you know, appreciation, about, you know, protecting black women, about protecting black men, about, you know, how to maneuver. And there's a lot of weight. And I know we saw in pre-production about this word being oversaturated over the past couple of years, but there's a lot of trauma that's inherited as yes. a black man, as a black person in general. And I'm just speaking, I say man, because I think, I always thought I was personally, this is, I'm gonna get my little anecdotal real quick. Like, I always thought I was good, but then it's like, I realized that when something, like when I was hurt, I was in my feelings, like I could be very destructive to myself. And I didn't want that. Like, and I'm not talking like drugs or nothing like that, but I'm talking like just my mental, my 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 self-worth, my uh my my ability to cope was non-existent. I couldn't cope with failure, couldn't cope with disappointment. But then when I met my therapist, shout out Dr. Reeves, like just working with her, that at one point I was going every week. And now I was like, I'm I'm at a point where I go like once or twice a month. But just getting able to talk to somebody that's it's where it's unbiased, where you can kind of say your point, it's nothing wrong or right, you can share your truths, and then you know, share your issues and possibly work through them slowly, step by step. There's no greater feeling than just like, you know, something that would have set you off six months ago happening again and you're just like, oh, that's fine. You just brush it off your shoulders. Yeah. I mean, speaking on my first my first time going to therapy, it was in college, bro. Really? Yeah, bro. Um shit, I needed it in college. And that's a big fact because I didn't think I had a tough time transitioning because I, I transferred to my college and that first year, I was just spiraling out of control. Like, nothing too crazy. No, no drugs, by the way, no drugs. But um, like, I was just not feeling myself. I was down. I was just like, just don't even know what to do in my life until they told me to go see a therapist. And I'm so happy for that because not only not he slick doesn't know this, but because of me going to that therapist in college was made me join this organization that me and him both was finally able to meet up and become friends. If it wasn't for me speaking to that therapist, I would never have joined that organization that would have gave me this brother that I know today. So shout out to him. But it was it was the first time and it was so because with family members, even lovers like it's hard to be vulnerable with them because you feel like they have something to hurt you. And it's hard to feel that way. But if you just grew up just in the world, you just know like people hurt each other and people take people vulnerability and use it against them. And you always, and especially as a man, you always know not to show your feelings and not let people get too close to you. So you have a hard time. So me be able to diverge my secrets to my therapist was 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 such a great release for me and I felt so free and even now I still see a therapist just to, not as much as I did before but just to just to make sure I I have an outlet I feel like sometimes even though you know your family and lover will want you to use them as an outlet but I don't know it's kind of hard it's kind of like 
Like, how do I tell you you the reason I'm going crazy? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like, yeah, you know, you know what you did to me as a kid? <laughs> That's the reason why some of these stuff, some of the decisions I made is what it is now. And I really urge everyone to go there because you don't know what you hold subconsciously. Because I, I, especially for me, I don't know if I'm diverging too much or so, but I, I will always remember these certain memories. And it'd be certain like random memories in my childhood. Nothing that has to do with nothing. That keep it playing all the time. And I'm just like, why does why do I'm holding on to them so until I talk to my therapist and then, you know, told me that, oh no, this and he connected why I keep remembering this. And then it all clicked in my head. And I'm like, wow, I was holding that subconsciously, not even attributing it to what's going on in my life. And like you don't understand subconsciously what trauma that you have. You just hold on to stuff without you even knowing, and it affects your decisions on how you treat people. So it's it's really important for people just to, and I'm not saying, and also just in the black community, going to a therapist always had a bad connotation to it. It's like, what's wrong with you? Like, you crazy? Like, why you need to go talk to somebody about your problem? You better just suck it up and just push forward. Yo, I swear, when I told my my pops, he's like, you going for me? Anytime I told somebody I was going there, they're like, oh, you going because of me? I was like, I don't even know how to answer that. Like, it could have been yes, it could have been no, but it's like, I don't even want to get into that conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, just being able to, like I said, you go somewhere, do it for you. Try it out. I know a lot of therapists do, like, a free consultation. They give you, like, a free hour to come in and talk And you never know Sometimes I think I went in not knowing Exactly what I wanted To deal with And then We ended up unpacking Like five or six Different things And I was like Moving like optimally And and and, and, and the other important thing is Don't give up After the first therapist That's the most important thing Because a lot of my friends Who go and see a therapist Be like Oh that person Wants to pay attention Like not Just like anybody In any other job Not everybody's gonna be Great at their job But I just uh, Tell you Don't give up on yourself And don't give up on Therapy Continue to find this mad therapist out here. Just continue to find one that works for you, Facts. and I'll be able to help you through your healing process. Facts, because I think I was searching for one for like months. Like I wanted, like I was specific what I wanted. I wanted a black woman. I wanted somebody a little older. I wanted somebody that was like close to my neighbor, in my close to my house. Like I didn't want to travel od far. And like I wanted somebody with great reviews, and I I went through and found like there's like websites like Therapy for Black Boys, Therapy for Black Girls, um, Talk Space, yes, yeah, uh, oh sponsor us, Psychology Today. You could they got like a little search engine, so you like can go out and find somebody. And I think the hardest thing is like that first admission, like I need to talk to somebody because nobody ever wants to feel like yo, like I, I need like I need to see a professional. But at the same time, you know when you're just not functioning or you're you're not making the choices that are reflective of the person you think you are, the person that you know you are, right? So I appreciate Dr. Reeves one time because I, honestly, I don't, I don't think I've ever told this, but I think she saved my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that I met her at a time where I honestly didn't know what was next for me. I, I had bad thoughts. I, I didn't, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't believe in myself. And I didn't believe in those people, a lot of people around me. So I think being able to just go with her and be, Transparent, one hundred percent honest, and not have to worry about her judgment or her feel, hurting or her feelings, or you know, that really enabled me to really get to the root of a lot of issues, and it put me on a path to kind of, I don't say kind of, certainly like you know, be a better and I think at times the best version of myself. So, like I said, without like he said, without 
his therapist, he wouldn't have, we probably would have never met without my therapist. We probably wouldn't be doing this right now with this podcast would not be happening. Or like, you know, the photography wouldn't be popping off or, you know, any other life changing events. Cause these are all life changing, but this all comes from attacking those demons that hold you back. Yeah. You don't. And then just, yeah, to piggyback, you just don't know what demons that you are holding inside. And you don't know what shit people around you going through neither. So that's a fact because you know, a lot of times, and you know, once again, RIP to the baby brother. You know, you don't know what people do have because, like, like the like the Japanese famous proverb, like there's a there's three faces that you show. The first face is what you show to the world. The second face is what you show to your friends and family. And then the third face is the face that you only show to yourself and you don't show it to no one. And that's the most vulnerable one. 100%. Tears of a clown, baby. Yeah. So you don't really, you don't really know what people's going through and people couldn't put up a good, um, a, a good, a good act. It's a good I, I trust, trust and believe I put up a good act most of the time when I'm going through something. Cause you know, I'm like, everybody else is going through something. Why would anybody care about me or what I'm going through? Like I'm not special. Yeah, I'm not special. Why, why would I even mention that and everything? But you are special and you have to, you have to mention these things or find an outlet for these things for you to heal and for you to move past it and to be better in life. Big facts, big facts. Like I said, your mental health, we always, people talk about going to the gym, look at therapy. If you can do it, if your job has insurance for it, a, a Medicare or anything, whatever you're on, like, yo, just, just try it. I feel like it could, it, it can relieve some of that weight that's on your shoulders. A lot of times, you know, people are looking for help. I know I was looking for help for years and I was like, I'll just post dumb stuff or, you know, do dumb stuff. And it's like, uh, dang, maybe there are more productive ways to deal with it. So let's just know you need an outlet, you need anything like therapy can probably be a great, great accessory to you. And there's a lot of resources out there. So don't be, don't be afraid. Facts. Check out Headspace. You can meditate. I know you do yoga. Oh yeah. I do yoga. I'm a big fan of yoga. So like, it's just, you know, take the mind is a powerful tool, but when it's fractured or damaged or not being used adequately, it can be detrimental. So just make sure we just our message for you guys is just yo get right within, yeah. mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and you'll be surprised what you can accomplish after you find your level. And don't forget about sexually too. You oh know? yeah, yeah, get your rocks off, please. Come on, Blue Chew. That's a you know that was a perfect place for you, Blue Chew. Sponsor us, you know, I, and I think that's good. You know, we over an hour and thirty minutes. I think this is a good episode, right? So that was a great episode. I enjoyed oh, y'all. Yeah. I didn't even get to get fully drunk. I'm about to go keep drinking. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I want to appreciate everybody who tuned in. Thank you for all your support. Continue to like and so and subscribe to all platforms and leave ratings. Um, this is your boy B Breeze, aka Poppy Sazon. Yo, it's your boy Slick, man, a.k.a. Law. We appreciate y'all. Yo, be good. We be back with you next week. And there's a lot of episode of This Might Not Go Well. Yes, sir.